This is an ABC podcast. A couple of months ago, a TikTok video went viral, highlighting a conversation about the way Pacific Island women are treated by our men. I first saw it on TikTok, but I saw it when a good friend of mine, uh, Marina, had responded to the comment on his TikTok account. Yeah, let's talk about that all-girls school in South Auckland, because they may be built like men. That doesn't fit your Eurocentric standard of beauty, does it? And those in the video, South Auckland content producer Marina Fangayava Muller called out the disparaging comments a former South Auckland, someone rugby league player made on his podcast. The footballer, Jordan Simi, was dissing on his hometown. And among other things, he said, quote, Shout out to South Auckland, where there's an all-girls school there and you would look at them and think, is that a girl? This is typical. <laughs> Honestly, like, it. after years in, of like seeing videos like this pop up over and over, I'm like, it doesn't surprise me. This is the stuff that we keep receiving from our men. This idea that women are the butt of the joke and we're not. Simi apologized for making these comments. But Pacific Island women say the problem is bigger than one footballer's offensive remarks. They say it's all too common to see men punching down and making awful jokes about women in their community. This is the reason why we need to be learning about ourselves in the Pacific so that we can understand why it is so sad to see these kind of narratives happening on social media, but why and how we can make sure or prevent these things from happening. I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about the impact of men dissing on their sisters. Let's begin with some context. Jordan Simi joked about the appearance of girls from Macaulay High School, an all-girls school in South Auckland with a high Pacifica population. I don't want to play the audio from his podcast. As a woman from Papua New Guinea, it was difficult to hear. He has since apologized. Here's some of what he said in that apology. A lot of females from uh, Macaulay High School reached out to me from the past and, um, you know, and, and, and told me, about situations that they had been in from going to that school, what some of the girls had been through in the past and what they were called. And for me to then put that out there on a bigger platform and say that for myself, um, you know, was, was really tasteless and, and uh, hurtful. And it looks like I've, I'm frowning down upon my, my own people and culture. It really hurts. And, um, and, uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of family members back home and, you know, they're not, they're not proud of me. Lucia Petelo, a Tongan woman from South Auckland, was a Macaulay High student. These days, she hosts The Rush, a drive-time radio program on New FM. She came across the comments through Marina Fangiyava Mueller's viral TikTok video. Honestly, I felt triggered because I was like, how dare he say that about our school also? Because I can't believe that those kind of comments are still being made in this day. <laughs> um, and whether or not it applies to the the Macaulay High School students that are still in school now. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of why I was triggered is because those of us who are on platforms like a podcast or radio or TV, you know, we have a, we have a duty that whether we ask for it or not, but we we have a duty to to stand up and to 
to present our people, our cultures, our values in, in, in a positive light. And that was, there was nothing positive about his comment, especially he went on to comment things like, um, you know, wearing a ear lava lava to the dairy and things like that, which is something that you see often here in South Auckland amongst our Pacifica community. Also, I've got to note, I didn't even know who Jordan Simi was until this particular, what do you call it, podcast video went viral. I honestly had no idea who he was, but I was upset that on a platform they had like, I think, I think they have like 80K followers plus. Um, and for him to make such comments and for the others just to kind of laugh after he made those comments, it didn't sit well with me. Hmm. And what was the reaction like from, I mean, yourself as a former student? What about other other former students? Uh, how were they they're reacting to this? For a lot of us ex-students, we blew up our social medias. We were sharing, everyone was sharing their thoughts and what they didn't like about it, why they didn't like it. But for me, sitting in the role that I do here on radio on New FM, a lot of the things that I decide to talk about on our show with Henry, we look at the how. How do we address certain things? How do we deliver it? And so for me, it was like, okay, how do we move forward to be like, this was the problem or this is what we saw that we didn't like in in particular comments that were made on this podcast? Um, and then how do we move forward and what do we do with it? So we actually put together a talanoa. And I got two ex-Macaulay students, uh, just women and my male co-host facilitated this talanoa or this talk. And we really just talked about why is it important that our men in these spaces, how they represent us women and what they say about us women. You know, we're in a day and age, especially during this pandemic, where we focus a lot on mental health and the mental well-being of a person and, you know, making sure that everyone is okay. And, and so when we when we all talked about it, you know, on, on social media, whether we, we caught up in person, a lot of our students were just very upset because we can't believe that these comments about, you know, a school full of girls looking like men, those kind of comments are still being made. And it's important to break that stigma and, and come away from, from stereotyping things like that. Cause you know, in general, you know, even when you, when you hear kids talk and hang out with their friends, you know, you still hear little comments, like someone will be like, Oh, you, you like, you look like a man or you have manly features or things like that. And, that can still affect someone's um, self-esteem and how they feel about themselves. And, you know, we never know what state of mind they're also in. And so it was just important for us to use our platforms and um, talk about it in a positive manner. But also to it was important for us when we did our Talanoa that we weren't bringing this young man down either with Jordan Simi because, you know, for us, it was like, cool, if, he's, if this was his um, train of thought, then... He's possibly not the only, um, you know, Pacific Island um, male to have this mindset or um, have that mentality about it. So it's learning. We we have to see everything's learning, and whether we like it or not, we've just got to navigate how we how we deal with the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And look for you to turn it around and start a Talanoa with you know your community and talk about it in a positive way and trying to bring uh, positive conversations despite this negative um, situation, is really great. Uh, you know, it's not only the first time. Do you see it as a common situation where Pacifica women and girls encounter this kind of degradation on social media? Yeah, that's true. Because I think it's just because social media, obviously, you know, it's so instant. Everything is there at the touch of, of, of a button. But for me personally, with the work that I do here on, on radio, 
I think for me, it's just it's, everything is about navigating. Everything is about navigating the how. If something's happened, how do we move forward? But how do we move forward in a way that's going to be for the better and not, uh, forgive me if this sounds wrong, but, you know, sometimes uh, when I was growing up, sometimes I can dwell on something, on a bad situation for so long, for longer than I should. And so I think now as an adult, I'm like, okay, don't sit on it too long. You know how they say, build a bridge and get over it. I try to build my bridge by thinking how, what is going to be on my bridge to get me over it. But it's important, I think, as well for our Pacific families, including our parents and those of us who have parents that migrated here from the islands, just to understand the impact of social media and to learn how to also monitor what their kids are doing and sharing on social media. It's easier said than done because for me, I have siblings who are in high school and I'm that sister who makes them log into log their accounts into my phone and I monitor their social media on, on my own phone. <laughs> mm, that's, that's really, really important. To, uh, to be honest with you, I tell myself that, you know, if it wasn't for my job, I'd be totally switched. I'd switch Facebook off totally because right. I've been on the receiving end of, you know, misogyny and some really filthy, disgusting comments. But uh, I guess I have to grow a thick skin. <laughs> and um, look, with Jordan Simi, I've seen his apology. I thought personally that that was heartfelt and like you said, we learn from this and I hope he has learned too. What was your thought when you saw his apology? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think at first I just thought it's damage control because we work in a, we all work in fields that, you know, if, if we've done something wrong with someone in the team, like you've, damage control's got to be on. Um, but I thought it was very mature of him to actually do that as well. And I just hope that people like learn to forgive instead of being like, oh, you know, Jordan this, Jordan that, like it's, it's education at the end of the day. Cause that's what, that's how I view conversations or talanoas. It's about just kind of like, cool, if that's your mindset, let me educate you on, on why I, I don't agree with that. But it's, you've just got to learn to um, agree to disagree. But I do appreciate that he actually made the apology because at the end of the day, you know, the comments that he made affected a whole community. And for us here in South Auckland, our Pacific people here have worked too hard for too long. Um, sorry, see, now I feel emotional because, you know, we work too hard to to uplift our Pacific people and to get our people out of breaking stereotypes and, and the narrative. And a lot of us here, we work very hard to continue to show, you know, not only just Auckland, but New Zealand. And of course, to have to, to show the world that we are not just, you know, people from, from uh, you know, small nations in the Pacific Islands, like we are just as mighty as everybody else and we stand on the shoulder of giants. And without those giants before us that have done the work, we wouldn't be able to, to do what we're all doing now and be in the spaces that we are in. So for those of us who sit in these spaces, it's important to utilize it to the best that we can so that the next generation after us don't have to um, face trials as hard as the ones that we are in now. And I'm just getting very emotional there. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, I got I got emotional too, you know, like we are at the backhand of so many abuse, you know, because of where we come from and all that. And then to have that kind of conversation come up and for us to be defensive again is, you know, it's really unfortunate. But, you know, what you said is so beautiful. How do you talk to your sisters about confidence and being proud of who they are? Man, you know, I'm going to be honest, Hilda. I, I openly share with my listeners here on New FM 
that only in the last two years, I've started working on self-love. And what I mean by that is I working on caring for myself, whether it might be, you know, because I don't brush my hair often to work. You can ask my workers. <laughs> this is my go-to. I just bun it. But I work on, you know, just speaking positive to myself. One main thing that I sh- have always struggled with growing up is accepting a compliment. And I think that's common amongst um, our Pacific people, you know, because we, we be taught to be humble and, you know, like just don't be so cocky and all these kind of things. But honestly, uh, as I've gotten older and especially in the last year, I'm like, actually, I better damn well show myself as much love as I'm showing, you know, the support we give to others. I honestly, once I turned 30, I didn't fully understand how important it is to learn to love myself. So to all the like all the young women, Pacific women, especially our indigenous women and just women uh, all over the world, please like learn to love yourself before you do love the others. Cause I think it's hard now. And for me, particularly as, as a Tongan woman, always being taught, um, you know, and you grow up seeing that you, you put others first before yourself. I'm sorry, but I now believe that I've, I've got to put myself first to be able to actually be of service to others. So self-love, self-love, that is me right now. That is the wave that I'm on. And hopefully um, other women, especially Indigenous women all around the world can grab onto that from a younger age and not, not grab onto it in their thirties like I did. <laughs> That was Lucia Petalo from New FM on the Pacific Radio Network in New Zealand. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. So why do so many of our men punch down on us women? Dr. Neya Hamui Rooney is an anthropologist from the Development Policy Center at the Australian National University, whose research focuses on Papua New Guinea and the Pacific. As a woman from PNG, she was saddened to hear that Polynesian and Melanesian women are being dissed. She says this is a problem that dates back to colonization. The Pacific as a place, as a people, have, have a very, very long history of being portrayed a certain way by outsiders and particularly by Europeans who arrived into the Pacific during the colonial period and and sort of saw this new place, this vast ocean and people, and and through uh, the artworks at the time, the records at the time, we've had this long history of particular ways that Pacific people and particularly Pacific women have been portrayed through these processes. So it's quite sad that some of these kinds of portrayals continue to persist in the contemporary period, and it's very sad to see then when we see young Pacific people, and particularly young Pacific men, speak about Pacific women uh, in these ways. It just hits home uh, that, oh, this history sometimes persists or continues to um, shape the current world. Dr. Rooney says this history is often gendered, degrading Melanesian women and sexualizing Polynesian women. You had these artistic and literary portrayals and um, people like Registella, Papua New Guinean scholar Registella, late, late has passed away, who sort of talk a, a lot about how through historical literature, Western writers, European writers portrayed Melanesia and the Papua New Guinean darker-skinned Pacific people as ugly or savage or cannibal and less intelligent and particularly women as being oppressed and victims by men, uh, victims of violence or hard labor compared to on the eastern side of the Pacific, women uh, 
were portrayed as lighter-skinned and beautiful and uh, exotic and sexualized. And so I was quite saddened to see some of that narrative about speaking disparagingly of Pacific Island women, because uh, no matter how we look at it, these kind of portrayals have been there. Either a Pacific woman is a victim of violence and oppressed and cannot speak for herself, that's how the world perceives her, or on the other side of the spectrum is a sexual object just there for a man's desire. And 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 it and was a bit sad to see that these things continue to play out uh, and, and more, very sad to see that that kind of thing being said by a Pacific Islander man, you know. How does this fit into the wider context of gender-based violence and harassment, particularly in the Pacific? It's almost as though you're hearing like a, a what is a standard of what a woman should look like or should be like. And if you are putting uh, that a white, blonde-haired woman who looks a particular kind of a way is the standard that even a Pacific man is holding up to be as the standard of, a, of what a woman should look and be like, then you're sort of reinforcing the kind of idea and the, already the kind of challenges that women in the Pacific or from the Pacific face every day. Pacific women often have to overcome many, many challenges just to be able to work or to do the kind of things they do publicly or to achieve their dreams and so forth. And then when you overlay this kind of narrative that uh, the standard of what it is to be a successful or a good woman is white, blonde-haired and looking a certain way, we're basically reinforcing uh, the kind of marginality of Pacific women. And it reinforces the idea that it's okay to put Pacific women down. And I think that's really, really sad. I think also it's quite sad uh, to see that these men, I think it reveals either their ignorance or their disconnection from their own selves, their own identity and their own sense of self. Because uh, when I heard it, I was like, do you realize that this is your mother, this is your sister, this is your family member that you are actually putting down and therefore you are putting yourself down. On the issue of targeting women on social media, Dr. Rooney does not think it's only happening to women from the Pacific. I have a feeling that this is a global kind of a problem where women are held to a much higher level of scrutiny. Not only are women held to a much higher level of scrutiny and therefore they must work harder to overcome challenges and stay in that career they choose, but particularly the political. But there's also a double standard. There's a double standard in that if a man does something uh, say that's comparable to something a woman does, he's less likely to undergo the kind of media scrutiny or vilification that a woman would. And also men's private lives are less subject to public scrutiny than women. And it, it also uh, highlights the, the, the need for critical thinking and critical education that, yes, we can learn literacy and we can learn, you know, how to uh, do a social media 
podcast like these guys are, but you have to also think about some of that history and how we've come to be where we are. And that also comes with a bit of responsibility if you have a platform that can reach so many people. What would be your message to young boys and men in the Pacific who are listening to our program today? Love your Pacific women. <laughs> love your Pacific women and love who you are and be proud of who you are. And remember that every single uh, woman has to be respected. But in a world where that is highly racialized and highly gendered and in a world where Pacific women are some of the most marginal and sitting at the bottom of all of these standards that the world places on people, use your power and use your platform to uplift our women. So every woman you think about, remember, that's your mother, that's your sister, that's your girlfriend, that's your friend, that's your grandmother. So if you go and you disparage one Pacific Islander woman, you are disparaging all Pacific Islander women. And therefore, if you understand the power and the role that women have in Pacific Island societies, in doing that, you are also pulling yourself down. That was Dr. Nehamui Rooney from the ANU Development Policy Center in Australia. Another TikToker who has been vocal on calling out men for their comments is Ainsley Broom. We spoke to Ainsley earlier this year about dating. At the time, she told us Pacific Islander men were using their fear of dating a cousin as a reason to reject Pacific women and making disparaging comments on social media. She wasn't surprised to hear the footballer's remarks. This kind of speech, it has become too common. This is not something that's a joke anymore. That it really wasn't a joke ever. These are statements. These are statements being said to our women, to our young girls. Ainsley is based in the United States. But when she talked about the incident on TikTok, she heard from women and girls throughout the world. Like I was getting voice memos, which is something that is completely different than I've ever received before. And I think that evening I just wanted our community, our women to feel empowered to speak out. I wanted our women to say you know what? Change has to happen. I wanted the younger women who to know that, that they have people in their court. I kind of cried too because I was just like, I was hurting with our women, you know? I was hurting mm. with like, you know, how this like hurts us inside because this is not, we take it. Are we? All of us women take it. We're done taking it. It's It's over. I want the message to be heard that you don't have to take this kind of speech anymore. Like, know that there are women out here who will, even if it's over the internet, we will be by your side. We will stand by you. You don't have to just take it anymore. And anybody that tells you it's just a joke, it's not a joke. It's a statement that's coming from their heart, and they shouldn't be telling you these awful things. You have spoken at length about the issue of Pacific men dissing um, Pacific women online. Are they afraid to say to our faces? Yeah, I think so, because they know that they would get the, they, you know, sometimes they joke that we'll slap them, but I don't think that's the case. I think they're afraid to say it to our face in person because we're going to tell them how that is. They're going to look into our eyes. You know, people talk about how the eyes are the windows into the soul. So when they look into our eyes and say these things, they're going to see the actual hurt that they're causing. And who wants to hurt 
their friends, their sister, their, you know, just anybody who like, you know, our people are known as happy people, as loving people. Back in the day, I feel like we were taught, you know, just keep the peace. Mm. No, not anymore. Our women have always been leaders. Our women have always been at the forefront of change. If you look at history itself, it was a woman who carried out, who revived a Maori language. It was a woman who is known as one of the well-known warriors of our, of the Samoan nations. You know, women have been at the forefront of change and of keeping our culture alive. And so for men to look at our women and say, oh, well, I don't even know if that's a woman or you're fat, you're lazy, you'll never amount to anything. You're wrong. Like our women have proved through history that what they're saying about us now is completely wrong. I mean, look at the young people who are leading the climate change. The ones that are at the forefront receiving awards are our young women. So I don't know where these men get these ideas because it's a colonizer mindset. And to me, if you look at Jordan Simi's, I can only judge him on his social media. That's the only, I don't know the man personally, but he has a community that has emboldened him to say this stuff. He has a community that hasn't been like, hey, bro, have you tried to decolonize your mind? Have you educated yourself? Or are you just listening to what your Palangi community is telling you? Ainsley isn't convinced that the uproar and discussion around the incident will be enough to change things for the better. Not much attitude, I feel like, has changed because I still see videos popping up about more women. And I'm glad more women are saying, there's another Pacific Islander guy saying something. There's another Pacific Islander saying something. This got brought to everybody's attention because it was on a well-known platform, but it is still happening daily, I would say. And so, you know, we can't just let this be a flashpoint in our timeline, in our social media, where we're just saying, oh, well, he apologized and he's the example. No, it has to be a continuous discussion where we're pointing out every one of these videos that come up. And I, I try not to do it too often just because I know people are probably like, oh, Ainsley, you can't call every guy that says something. And I'm like, I understand. But who else will if you don't? Exactly. Who else will? And who else will keep you know this conversation live? Because the only way to get rid of these kind of comments is to keep talking about it so people don't forget. You talk about history so you don't repeat the past. Well, if we don't keep talking about it, if we don't keep reminding people of this horrible comment of this horrible statement, they're going to keep repeating it. What I would say is, and I'm not a parent, but I've been a teacher um, and I've done a lot of work with children. But what I would say is maybe we need some new examples. Maybe it's not the rugby players or the football players who keep dissing our women. Cause I got a list of them, <laughs> you know, I keep up with what these men are saying. And during these podcasts, during these interviews, Maybe we don't need to do that. Maybe we need people like, uh, I'm going to shout out Telfia Pele Sasa from Pele Sasa Picks. We need more men like him who are taking our young children, our, our young people, training them in the film industry to tell our stories. We need more men like him to come and show our young people the importance of working together, of uplifting each other, men and women you know, of all backgrounds, to tell our stories, to, you know, keep the culture alive. Rugby players, my message to you would be this. What are you doing for our culture? Aside from just repping your city and saying, you know, for the culture on camera, what community work are you doing? What are you doing to educate yourself about what our ancestors did? 
are you decolonizing your minds or are you just going with whatever the rugby club says to do? Or are you just going with whatever that clothing brand is telling you to do? What are you doing to make your example better? Are you going to be a Jordan Simi or are you going to be a Taufia Pelesasa? That's what I have to say. That's Angeli Broom, a Samoan blogger and commentator based in the United States. Thanks to all my guests today, Angeli, Dr. Nayahamui Rooney, and Lucia Patello. Let's hope more women speak out against this problem, and when they do, let's hope more men have the courage to stand by them. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of the show, catch up on our podcast. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk wherever you get your podcasts. If you're in Australia, you can listen to Sisters Let's Talk on the ABC Listen app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is sistas at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, who will care for you when you are old? We really need to uh, invest in uh, older uh, adults' welfare because uh, this uh, aging population will be much bigger than in few years' times. So it's really important that we, we look after the older generation. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Melissa Makin. Our supervising producer is Kim Lester. Executive producer is Inge Stunzner. Our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters, Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. I'm Tasol Nabungim you next time.